Wow. This is George. Welcome back to my podcast, to my recordings. I hope that these teachings are becoming a blessing to you every day of your life. It is my prayer that whatever it is that we do in life, we don't just do it, but we do it with a purpose, and we do it intentionally, and that every success that we fa- that we find and every success that we get will have a process and a system and we're able to say this is how I got this success. I want to give you the third part of the psychology of winning. It is something that I've been doing. It's one of the lessons that I've really loved all my life and you know it has worked wonders in my life and i believe that it will also work wonders in your life so the last two sessions have been amazing i hope that you've listened and today i want to give you the third lesson to the psychology of winning now one of the of the things that i always say is that we are meant to succeed let me repeat that again we are meant to succeed we have been created to succeed. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and when he created the universe and placed the sun in its place and the moon in its place, and when he picked and said, the sun shall rule during the day and the moon shall rule during the night, once he was done, with doing all that on the sixth day he said let us create man if you read your bibles very very carefully you begin to realize that God did not just breathe into man he actually took time to create him that is a very important aspect to look at the whole thing of psychology of winning everything else on the earth was spoken God said let there be light and there was light and he said let there be animals and living things and there was animals and living things let there be vegetation and there was vegetation but when he came to the creation of man he said let us create man in our own image. Now, let me talk a little bit about image. When we talk about image, we are talking about a reflection. We are talking about something that looks like another. And so when God said, let us make man in our own image, he was saying, let us make one who looks like us. One who has the ability like us. One who believes like us. One who operates like us. In other words, it was as if you were saying, let us build a machine that operates like we do. And when he say we, he meant the heavenly beings. Okay? So God creates the heavens and the earth and everything else on, on it and he creates man. Now, one of the things... Uh, that I want you to learn 
because I always travel, I always use my imagination and I always think about the past, uh, about the creation story. When God created man, man was dropped before him. Let's say, for example, the man lied there motionless with nothing. Okay? And all he was was this being that God had created and nothing more. And then the Bible says that God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living being. That is a very, very key thing to note. Man became a living being not because he was created, but because God breathed into him the breath of life. In other words, every human being on the face of the earth is drawing the breath of God. Every human being who has ever been born, living now or dead, has breathed and is breathing the breath of God. Even those who use the name of God in vain, even those who deny God, they use his breath to deny him. Please understand that. Because the moment you understand that, then you will begin to understand why God empowers all human beings. God does not just empower the Christians. Neither does he empower just the Muslims or the Hindus or the Judaists. He empowers all human beings. In other words, he gifts every human being. That is why even people who deny his existence have made significant contributions to the existence of the world. That is why some who do not even acknowledge him as God go on to invent some of the most astounding inventions on the face of the earth. Why? Because God's breath is in them. Okay? Now, to develop a psychology of winning, we must draw from that lesson that whatever I do, I am doing with the breath of God. Now, if that is the case, if that is what God is doing with other people, just imagine what he can do with you who acknowledges his existence. So God creates human, you know, Adam and puts him down and, and you know, breathes life into him. And the Bible says that Adam became a living being. Then Adam stood there, maybe looking at God, we do not know. But I tried to imagine what happened. And he stood there and he looked and God looked at him. Now, Adam stood there as a pure human being. Let me say this. He was so pure and clean that he had nothing, no sin, nothing against God. And God had nothing against him. Adam stood before God with no past. He didn't have a past. 
He did not have a history. He had never been to school. He had never interacted with any other human being. He had no issues in his life. He did not know victory nor defeat. He did not know laughter nor tears. He stood there as an empty being. Nothing. Zero. He had no language. He couldn't communicate. Yet he stood there. And in other words, this guy was so empty that all he had was God. All he had was God. In other words, there was no past to stop him from communing with God. He had no unforgiveness that would stop him from serving God. He had no scandals in his past. He had no pain. He had no trauma that would make him not relate with God. And then, in my thinking, God filled him with his wisdom. God poured himself into Adam. And Adam became a living being. And Adam became so wise that he even named the animals and was given a purpose. Now, if you imagine that in the in light of the psychology of winning, then you will understand why it is so important to empty ourselves when we come before God. And we'll also understand why it is so important for us to believe in God, to believe in ourselves, and to do the things that God has asked us to do. If you want to develop a psychology of winning, okay, draw from that lesson, but also understand several things. When God was doing all this and Adam was doing all this, the devil was watching. And he made his plan. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to do one, two, three, four to these people because this machine that this God has created can also work for me. And so the devil moved into action and we all know the story of the fall and that's why human beings today we are caught up in sin, blah, 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 you know, all those stories. But there are several, there's one thing that I want you to understand. If you want to develop a psychology of winning, you must be aware of the devil's bribes. You must identify the bribes of the devil. When the enemy came into the Garden of Eden, he bribed Eve. And Eve bribed Adam. And before we know it, all the glory, the wisdom is gone. And we are back into sin. So there are several ways that the devil bribes human beings so that you do not walk in a psychology of winning. Remember, he is the enemy. He does not want your progress. He doesn't want you to succeed. And so what he does, he bribes you so that you do not succeed. One of the ways, I'm going to give you three ways of how he bribes. And one, number one is by aimless living. Aimless living. Let me explain that just a little bit. If 
you look at the world today, there are so many aimless people who are living aimlessly. The aimlessness of life. In other words, you find people who have no purpose whatsoever. They have no reason for existence. They have no reason to be alive. They have no reason why they do the things they do. They are aimless. If you live an aimless life, my friend, you are already in the bribes of the devil. Aimless living translates to defeats. You will never win in anything if you don't aim for it. Okay? If you don't know what you want in life, you will only accept what life gives you. But if you know what you want from life, then you will not accept everything that life life gives you because you already know what you want in life. Every road does not take you to your destination if you know your destination. But if you don't know your destination, every road will take you there. In the highways, my brothers and sisters, you do not exit on every exit. You exit according to your destination. But aimless living teaches you to do things for the sake of doing things. Let's visit our universities today and our colleges and you meet these young people and you ask them what they want to become in life. And they paint for you a dream of what they want to become. But then you relate that dream with what they are studying and you realize they are facing east and their dreams are facing west. In other words, they are not getting equipped to fulfill their dreams. So you ask them, why did you pick this course? And they start saying, I didn't have any other course or I didn't pass my examinations or my parents picked the course for me. Aimless living. You pick courses that add no value to your life. You pick friendships that add value, add no value to your life. You pick relationships that add no value to your life. You are living an aimless life. Now, think about it. Think about yourself and look at all the things that you've done with aimlessness. Aimless living. Number two, the devil's bribe number two is what I call overindulgence in things. Okay? Overindulging. Let me explain. Overindulging means overdoing things. Getting yourself in places where you, uh, you feel the need to overdo things. One of the challenges, you know, one of the examples is overeating very simple lessons very simple thing but you realize that there are so many people who are overeating now people begin to overeat because they overindulge in something for example I love cakes I love cakes I love well I don't just eat any cake I love very well baked cakes. And, you know, I have an auntie who bakes cakes for me. 
and sometimes you know when i visit her and you know have meet up with her kids then i know that i'm going to go home with a cake and it's an amazing amazing experience eating cakes and you know the world many of us love cakes but the moment you begin to overindulge in cakes then they become dangerous to you they become dangerous to your health and they become dangerous to your uh, metabolism such that you will begin to have all this sugary stuff in your body when you have this sugar you know all these sugars in your body then you begin to have a problem of uh, digestion of indulgence of indulgence of food eating of indulgence of drinking Every drunkard in the world says I'm going to start with only one bottle two bottle I'm not going to take more than that but then in the course of time they begin to overdo it whatever you overdo you find yourself losing experiencing defeats that you should not be experiencing if you want to develop a psychology of winning then you must win even in the smaller things you must win in the area of things over indulging in things so stop over indulging stop over eating it is all a mental problem a mental thing and number 3 of how the devil uses his bribes is the the expression of disorganized opinions the expression of disorganized opinions let me let me explain this whenever you find a human being who has not thought clearly of what he wants to say he is being uh, targeted or he is in the captivity of the devil's bribes people who always feel the need to speak even when they have nothing to say is the kind of people i'm talking about you always feel that you have an opinion about something or you are speaking so that people can hear you spoke or you're saying things so that people can hear you saying things not because of your thinking not because you have thought through but you have expressed an opinion that is very disorganized it is not an organized opinion now These three things I'm going to explain them you know just in a few minutes. These three things are very key to what I want to talk to what I'm saying on the psychology of winning. Aimless living affects your focus. It affects your productivity and it affects your path. It affects your focus, your productivity and your path in life. For example, if you're aimless, you are unfocused. In other words, you will never stick to a job. You will never even if you get a job, you will never stay there. You'll always be moving up and down, which affects your productivity so that you'll never become productive in life, which affects your path in life. Aimless living. To fix aimless living, I want to tell you, begin to have aims in your life every day. Develop goals, develop plans. develop stuff that you can achieve on a daily basis and begin to tick those things at the beginning of every week do a reflection 
and do a projection. Do a reflection of the previous week and do a projection of the coming week and tell yourself, this is what I want to achieve on Monday. This is what I want to achieve on Tuesday. This is what I want to achieve on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. And just begin to do everyday little goals. You will destroy aimlessness. You will no longer live aimlessly. Okay? If you begin to do that, then your mind will begin to register these things and eventually you will begin to develop a psychology of winning such that everything that you do must have a win. You clarify your wins. At the end of it all, at the end of the day, what is my win? At the end of the week, what is my win? At the end of the month, what is my win? At the end of the year, what has been my win for this year? That way, you begin to destroy aimlessness. Don't just live life aimlessly, my brothers and my sisters. Begin to develop little goals, little projects, little stuff that you have to achieve. Number two, overindulgence in things. Begin to measure what you do. Now, if you, if you do goals very well from the first point, then the overindulgence of things will not be an issue. For those, you know, for younger people who play PlayStation, uh, PlayStation, you play that thing for a whole week every day, my friend, you are indulging. You don't have time to be productive. Okay? So, make sure that according to your goals, your goals are working and your goals are covering the overindulgence such that even when you are eating, part of your goals would be for the week and you say, this week I'm going to lose one kilo or two kilo. And so because of that, you reduce your portion of eating. And you say, this week I'm going to read a, a little bit. And because of that, you stop watching TV too much. So you begin to become creative. You begin to become productive in your life. You begin to become someone who can be turned to when people are in need. Overindulgence, overdoing stuff. Don't overdo things. It is a bribe. When you stop overdoing things, then you begin to record to record small wins. Okay? Small wins. Begin with your small wins. Don't overdo stuff. And third is expression of disorganized opinions or loosely organized opinions. Now, I have faced people who express their opinions and once they express their opinion, you wonder, did this guy think through what he's saying? Do not express opinions that are not necessary to be expressed. There was this one time that I was in this place and there was this guy who had come to visit. It was in a church and he had come to visit the church and he, wasn't, he, had, he had not been in church for a while. And so he came and, you know, he came with his wife and they've been married, I think, five, seven years, I'm not sure, but they don't have a kid, they don't have a child. And, you know, it is not courtesy for you to go around asking people why they don't have kids. It is not, that is an expression of a disorganized opinion. And so there was this guy, you know, in the same church who was kept pestering this guy, asking him, oh, when, when are the kids coming? Where are the kids? You know, and, and in, my, in my thought, I'm thinking, 
why don't you shut up? This couple has their own choice. Maybe they don't want to have kids. Maybe they can't have kids. All right. It, that was the epitome of expression of disorganized opinions. Or, or when you meet two people, a man and a woman who are, you know, they're friends and they're working, they're doing a lot of stuff together. You see them together. And then you come and then you ask, start asking them, oh, when are you guys getting married? You don't even know where they are da- when they are, whether they are dating. You don't even know whether they are brother and sister. S- just shut up. Don't even ask whether they are dating or not. If they want, if they, if they want you to know whether they are dating, they'll tell you. Just shut up. Do not express disorganized opinions. If you want to develop a psychology of winning, because in this life you must also win with people and you will never win with people if you are the kind of a person who is ex- who expresses disorganized opinions avoid the bribes avoid the bribes of the devil these are bribes that are real aimless living lack of focus lack of purpose lack of productivity People are just living for the sake of it. Wake up in the morning, do the same thing, go to bed at night. Do You know, every day is the same. Aimlessness. There is no productivity. Overindulgence in things. Overeating, overdrinking, overworking. Everything that you do over and above may not be very nice for you. And so you have to always think about yourself and you always have to set goals week by week by week. Every year has 52 weeks. If you set 52 goals per year to reach, by the end of the year, you will have recorded your wins very clearly. If you say every week I'm going to do one thing and you do that one thing every week, you say every week I'm going to jog, for example, and you jog every week, once a day, one day every week, and you jog every week. For 52 weeks, you are better than a person who says he's going to jog, and they jog for a full week, and then they never jog again. Consistency, my friends, is the key. Do things consistently. Okay? Now let me give you the top three enemies of the psychology of winning. The top three enemies of the psychology of winning. Alright? These are some of the enemies. I'm going to give you the top three. There are many others. But one is parents. Everything you do in life depends on how you are parented. Everything you achieve or you do not achieve is dependent on how you are parented. Two are schools the schools we go to the kind of education that we receive highly influences the kind of people we become and number three are churches in my view because I'm a Christian churches are the third most influential uh, 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 organizations in a human being Parents, schools, and churches. These three can be the enemy to the psychology of winning 
or they can be the friends to the psychology of winning. At home, we are always told of the things that are wrong. We are always told how wrong we are. We are always reminded of what we have not done. We are always you know, punished and disciplined. But we rarely receive support. Many rarely receive uh, encouragement. Many rarely receive affirmations from their parents. And I can tell you there was a time that we went to a place where we asked the fathers, we were doing a father and son, and so we asked the fathers to tell their sons that they loved them. And it was such a difficult task that for the fathers who managed to say to their sons, I love you, there was tears, emotions. The boys cried. They have never heard those words from their dads. I remember even one time I went to speak in a school and they were about to do their final examinations and I say to them I want every parent to come forward stand with your child and speak words of affirmation to your child and tell your child you love them tell your child you believe in them tell your child you are proud of them tell your child that they become the greatest human beings and a lot of parents were crying and a lot of kids a lot of uh, kids were crying together with their parents and it became such an emotional prayer day because these kids have never had those words from their parents and their parents have never had the same you know those words from their kids because I told the kids also talk to your parents now I didn't blame the kids because they have never been told uh, that they are loved they don't know how to say back parents schools when a teacher comes and the teacher tells you that you are full of water that your head is full of water I remember in my high school, one of the teachers called me to her office and said that I was the greatest failure she had ever seen. It was so devastating. And you know, I went out and I said, Lord, you've had that. But I pray that this teacher will live long to see you bless me. It was painful. They do not promote the psychology of winning. In churches today, some of the churches are doing it and others are not doing it. But in churches today, we are always told about the impossibilities, you know, how bad we are, how much we should repent. We are told about the devil and it's, a, it's, it's okay, it's okay, all right? But then we need to tell people that there is a God of possibilities. There is a God who blesses us, the God who opens doors for us. That, that God has empowered us to become something. So you find a lot of young people who are living aimless because their parents are aimless. You find a lot of people who are overindulging in things because their parents are overindulging in things. And you find a lot of young people who are expressing disorganized opinions because that's what they have seen from their parents who express disorganized opinions. And you go to schools and you find a lot of teachers who are living aimlessness, aimless living and they're living without any aim in life and therefore the kids pick up from their teachers. You go to schools and you find a lot of teachers who are overindulging in things and therefore the kids pick up and begin to overindulge in things. You go to schools and you find principals and academicians and management and teachers who are who thrive in the expression of disorganized opinions and insults 
to the, 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 the juniors and to the students. And therefore, the students and the juniors in that school learn from them and they also begin to express their disorganized opinions. You go to churches and you find so many people who are believing in God and praying, but they are living aimlessly. They have no goal. They have no hope in life. And therefore, everyone there in the church, the members of the church also begin to live aimlessly. You go to church and you find people who overindulge in things. And so everybody begins to overindulge. The members of the church begin to overindulge in things because the pastors are doing it. You go to church and you find a pastor, preacher, bishop, archbishop, whoever, who stands at the pulpit and expresses disorganized opinions of himself, of the nation, of the church, of other people. And therefore the people who follow him also begin to express loosely organized opinions. In this life, you must define everything. You must be definite in what you do. You must have a definite purpose in all you do. Now, the last thing that I want to say in this, in this segment is in everything you do, you must ask yourself, what's the win? What am I winning here? In everything you do, please clarify the win. What are you winning? What are you gaining? What's your win? Okay? And that's how you begin to develop the psychology of winning. A definite purpose. You must be definite. You must have a definite purpose in what you do so that you avoid aimless living. You avoid overindulgence. And you avoid the expression of disorganized opinions. To avoid these bribes, you must have a definite purpose in everything you do. Clarify your wins. Daily wins. Weekly wins. Monthly wins. Now understand, daily wins become weekly wins. Right? If you set daily wins, they'll become your weekly wins. If you set weekly wins they will become your monthly wins. And if you set monthly wins, they will become yearly wins or annual wins. I pray that from today, you will begin to live a life that is defined by the wins in your life. Thank you for listening to this third part of the psychology of winning. I'm going to come back again and I'm going to finish up or you know, do the other segment. It is my prayer and my hope that you will continue to be a winner. God bless you.